This is Carte Blanche, the podcast. One story every day that matters. Delve into the issues that impact you. Whether you're in need of a better understanding of the world around you or simply seeking inspiration or unique perspectives, you'll find it all here. Today's story is a cautionary tale. Online scammers continue to thrive, despite many people believing they couldn't possibly be taken for a ride online. Well, if you're desperate enough, you might be surprised at how easy it is to be duped, even in the property rental market. Here's Derek Watts. Real estate companies are on high alert, and if you're about to rent a property, you need to be too. Because the agent you think you're talking to may have had his identity stolen. They've got my WhatsApp photos, they've got my um, profile photos from my for sale boards, my email signature that I use. Across the country, estate agents and accommodation seekers have become the new targets for scammers. So I think my number plate should be scam via beer. And I'm really an honest person, I promise you. And even the cautious are being duped in their search for affordable accommodation. Are you embarrassed by this? Oh, most definitely. I have never been a victim of online scams before, and I always double-check everything. This scam has two parts to it. To lure their victims, the scammers need legitimacy, and this is easily found. Estate agents and rental agents have all their details, even their photographs, online. Those details are used to trick victims to hand over money on existing properties that aren't available for rent. For RealNet Properties MD, Gerard Kotze, the first signs of trouble came six months ago. People were starting to think their agents were thieves. RealNet suddenly had a brand problem. It is negative for us, um, Derek, so that's why we need to stop it. Our agents are going to be victimized and labeled by, by consumers because they're saying this Mike Dobbin from RealNet is a thief. And it, it, the emotional trauma that that's causing for the agent, it's devastating. Mike Dobbin sells houses in Joburg's eastern suburbs, but his name was being used by criminals in the Cape. I thought about using one of my second or third names, changing my, changing my online profile. I've actually even thought about getting out of this industry. Durbanville, a 30-minute drive north of Cape Town, is bursting at the seams. It's good for Stefan Loebscher, a successful rental agent in the area. The market is flourishing. Yeah, it's booming. One listing gets like 20 to 30 inquiries. So I will list it in the morning. Um, my phone will go crazy. Then I will remove the listing. Pick and choose who I'm going to let view. And then usually about four to five couples view and all five want the property. But around September last year, his landline exploded with enraged South Africans who accused him of stealing their money. So what's your first reaction when you get those calls? When they say, are you Stefan Loebscher? Then I say, yes, you've been scammed. And 100% of the time, the second sentence will be yes. We paid money. 
In early January, sisters Lauren and Andrea Gibbon began searching for a small, affordable rental for their mom, but they couldn't find one. The complexes that we initially looked at were a bit pricey, so I then had to take to the net and actually find out if I could see any ads that were um, within our price range. They found the perfect rental on Rent Uncle. They were familiar with the complex, and at 4,800 Rand a month, it was within budget. So were you shown pictures? Yes, we were. And then advertised that it was through a legitimate real estate agency. The company named on the website advert was RealNet Properties. But before they could view the flat, they were asked to fill in documentation and go through a credit check process. Derek, it was very thorough. They asked for three months bank statement. They asked for my employee details, banking details, pay slips. So basically all my information I provided to them. Unknowingly, Andrea had just sent all her documents to a criminal syndicate, even though she signed forms with a RealNet logo on them. And she was by no means the first. First, we didn't think it was a big thing or it was maybe a once-off. But then we realized there's many people, maybe two, three, four cases a day coming in. And those are the ones that actually report this. By mid-January, the Gibbon sisters were excited. Their application had been approved. They paid over the admin fee and a deposit of 8,500 rand, hoping to sign the lease and view the property. Why did you hand over a substantial amount of money before viewing this alleged apartment? In receiving the documentation to say that we had been approved, made to believe that there were other people looking at the property and if we hadn't secured that confirmation it would then be handed over to the next approved person did they offer you a refund if you didn't like the place yes so what they said was once viewing the property if we still didn't like what we saw the money that they had received would be reimbursed back to us and to add plausibility to the scam, a big red approval stamp on the documents. Derek, they're getting better. They're getting better at this every day. So they actually created a beautiful, you've been approved, rental stamp, which we don't have. But I really like it. I'm going to use it. We're You're going to pinch from the scammers. Yeah. <laughs> How low can you go, Gerrit? Eh? It really looks good. It looks authoritative. That's why people are saying if there's a stamp on it and it's a red stamp, it must be legit. RealNet is not the only estate agency impacted, but Gerard decided to take action. He hired a PI who managed to find out who the scammers were personally linked to, then handed over all that information to the police, hoping for a breakthrough. Chris Breit has been gathering intelligence for 30 years. First in the military and now as a PI. RealNet gave him the bank accounts and cell numbers of the scammers. There's always a trace. There's always a mean of getting information. The scammers may have used untraceable numbers, but their close associates did not. And the PI tracked down those individuals' addresses. You don't get scammed at 12 o'clock at night, early mornings. Calling somebody late at night, when we do a profile and we see it's a female, then we gather, yes, 
It's a girlfriend or a wife. The investigation took him to a suburb in Bloemfontein and appeared to lead to prisoners or correctional service officials. Sophisticated scams are being run from inside some of our prisons, as we revealed in a previous carte blanche investigation. So Chris hoped the police would be proactive. Straightforward intelligence gathering, normal investigative work. All you had to do is execute it. But nothing was followed up, and six months later, the scammers were successfully conning the Gibbon sisters, promising them that an agent called Stefan Lopscher would show them around. Of course, the real Stefan knew nothing about it. Never ever look for a property on rentuncle.com. And you never pay money before viewing unless you know it's a reputable agency. The scammers had already been paid money, but now they pushed for the first month's rental as well. Only then would the viewing take place. I actually phoned my sister and said to her, it doesn't sound right, but it was close to four o'clock in the afternoon, and I, I know I needed to get the money in in order to make sure that, that we could get confirmation that we had secured the place. And so they paid a total of 14,500 Rand before realizing they'd been scammed. I was in absolute shock. There definitely were cues that we should have picked up on. So you were effectively conned twice? Yes. We were conned with the payments. We were conned with the fact that it was an immediate thing that you could rent. And on the day of signing, at the viewing, you could then get the keys to the property. So another day, another online scam. But who is stopping the con artists? Well, not the police, says Gerard Kotzer. Gerard, a number of clients have gone to the police. Have they had any joy? Not to date, no. Nothing? Nothing. And they didn't help Mike Dobbin either. With regards to my case, for stolen identity, they informed me that they're closing the case. I felt abandoned and a sense of... Um, you know, desperation, now what do I do? Both Stefan and Mike, who live daily with the impact of stolen identities, also believe banks could do more. My question is, how can't the banks trace anything back to the people receiving the scam money? Because they've been opening bank accounts from numerous well-known banks. As the scammers run riot, Gerard says you could protect yourself by asking an agent for their Fidelity Fund number. You can Google that, and that certificate number will take you into the regulatory authority website and you'll see that it's a legit agent. And if they can't do that, don't deal with them as much, probably a scam. How much do you think the scammers have made out of this? A lot of money. Derek, so the average loss per, per client that we've, that we've dealt with is between 8,000 and ranges anything up to 30,000. If you take the scam and you multiply it across South Africa, the way that they're doing it in the Cape Town surrounding at the moment, it, it will be millions. Meanwhile, Chris Breit is hard at work, tracking and tracing the fake agent who duped the Gibbon sisters. He has names and addresses which have led him to Rustenburg. All he needs now is for the police to do their job.
With financial crimes on the increase, there seems to be no end to the ingenuity of sophisticated syndicates as they dream up new, even more audacious scams. If you're aware of a scam that you feel we should investigate, you can send us more information on the Carte Blanche website. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe to Carte Blanche, the podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. While you're at it, why not rate and review us? We love hearing from our listeners.